The League of Legends betting podcast is brought to you by my patrons at patreon.com slash gelati lol. There you can find bonus content like in-depth articles on macro trend analysis and league previews, as well as thoughts on breaking news and the podcast picks before the show is released to platforms. You also get to support your creators more directly. Patreon.com slash gelati lol. That's G-E-L-A-T-I-L-O-L. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the first episode of the League of Legends betting podcast. I'm your host, Vince Kalati at Gelati LOL on Twitter. It is currently 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern, on January 12th. We have the LEC starting up on Saturday morning, Eastern, afternoon for most other places. And um, it's our first slate of the year. Now... Uh, for those of you that follow me on Patreon, there I did an article on the Futures write-up with more in-depth thoughts on some of the roster changes and um, other big-picture thoughts on the league. I'll just keep it brief here for now if you want to have more detail. I actually have that out free on that website if you want to take a read and you know look over more in-depth stuff. For the time being, I'm going to keep it brief. The, the long story short here is I think the European League last year was probably the worst it's been in a long, long time. Just looking at any kind of performance data or just using your eyes. Like the the overall quality of the league was like as a whole was significantly worse than I've ever seen it. Now, that's not to be a doomer. I'm not trying to be all doom and gloom, but really it's I'm pointing it out because I have a hard time believing that Europe isn't going to be better overall as a league this year. And, you know, in that piece I wrote a cup, you know, I took a couple long shot outrights on some prices, uh, teams that with a lot of overhaul, a lot of new players. Uh, right now, the way the league is laid out, there's a couple you know, incumbents, so to speak, uh, with Fnatic and G2 and a couple other teams mostly keeping their rosters together. Typically speaking, uh, incumbent rosters that retain most things don't have a lot of turnover. I have a pretty strong start to the season um, just because they have a lot of continuity from the previous season. So... You have to keep that in mind at the beginning of a season. The other thing to keep uh, keep in mind for early in the year like this is, and there's different schools of thoughts on this, but you know different schools of thought. But I tend to be more hands off early and wait for what the leagues show me. In years past, I wasn't like that. I was much more aggressive in speculating on you know the the big preseason changes to the game. For those of you that don't know. Riot releases their their major overhauls usually in the off season in November and December. The patches they release to the game. Uh, for those of you joining from not you know video games, not professional video games or esports that are uh, in a more traditional handicapping community, essentially what I'm saying is priors don't really matter in esports as much as they do in something like you know the NFL or the NBA where there's some roster turnover, but most of the time things remain pretty similar and you can kind of carry a certain degree of your priors into a season. In League Esports specifically, that just doesn't really apply. Like, you're going to have some teams that have the same kind of... They have the same roster, the same coaches, but the combination of the fact that the rosters change, the coaching staffs often change, in combination with the actual game changing quite a bit it really creates for some really, really difficult um, use of priors. Like there's really just, in my in my decade of doing this, it, there's just really not a point to it, in my opinion. So 
uh, what we're going to be doing. Uh, so what, I, what I've settled in on the last couple of years is not speculating hard unless it's something that's painfully obvious, like the durability patch that we had in 2021. Uh, unless it's something that's painfully obvious, I'm more likely to just wait and see, collect data, see what the league shows us, see what everyone's doing. Because the other, the other angle to this is even if you're speculating on what is going to happen or what you think might happen, how the patch is responding on, in solo queue or looking at the ladder and the various, you know, or, or even preseason tournaments like the uh, Demacia Cup in China. The fact of the matter is we simply don't know how these teams are going to react to these patches. A lot of these teams haven't been together for very long. Uh, a lot of them might have a completely different read on things that you've than we've seen or that the solo queue ladder is. Uh, a lot of stuff doesn't work in the solo queue ladder or it doesn't work in pro play that works in the solo queue ladder. You know, there, there's some degree of, you know, comparison that you can do and some things that are pretty obviously going to be seen and champions that are going to be strong, etc. But for the most part, you I don't like to speculate on what teams are going to do. I used to do this. It's real feast or famine. I've had some years where I've started off just gangbusters right out the gate and other years where I dug myself a hole. And to, to me personally, it just doesn't feel good. I don't like doing that. So I'm not like I've gotten away from doing that. Usually, if there's something that's obvious, we'll know in the first couple of weeks anyway. Maybe you give up some, you know, some of your edge to the market or whatever, but I'd rather know and see it and have that confirmation than just pure speculation. I have some ideas about where the game's going to go, uh, how things are going to behave, how the teams are going to behave, but you know, I, I have those in the back of my mind, and I'm watching for them and looking for them, and if they come up, then we'll be quick to jump on it, and that's the end of it. Okay. So, we've got our first slate here. Uh, five games on Saturday morning. For me, Saturday morning. Uh, the first up, we've got G2 Esports minus 400 against BDS. Uh, these lines are all from Pinnacle or Nitrogen, BAS. Uh, best, you know, sometimes I'll use Bet365 if people don't have anything posted. There's all sorts of various sites you can use. You know, I'll leave you to explore that on your own. Most of the time, I'm using Nitrogen or Pinnacle lines for this show. So keep that in mind. G2 Esports minus 400 against BDS plus 286. I, I don't... G2 Esports bringing back the full roster from last year, full coaching staff from last year. They were the best team in Europe kind of with margin. You know, Fnatic was really the only challenger. They're running it back again this year. Incumbent roster, as I mentioned earlier, tend to be pretty strong. That said, I ain't laying 400 on day one. We just don't know. I'm pretty bearish on BDS overall. I did end up playing them in the outright market because I think the price was was right and Adam can just kind of nuke games. I would say the thing that would scare... Like, if anything, I would actually, like... If you made me pick a side in this game, I'd probably play BDS just because who knows what Adam has been cooking up in the offseason and he's a super high volatility player and you typically want to embrace volatility if you're speculating on something like this, like with a big underdog. Price is right for BDS if you wanted to maybe take a shot. Again, I'm keeping it super low you know, volume early in the week, so I'm just going to wait and see what the, the league shows me. So I'd also lean to kill total unders. But that's just a general picture for, for today. That's kind of my big picture speculation on this patch. Could be totally wrong. We're going to wait and see. I haven't played anything in this match. With lean BDS, lean kill total unders, no play. Next up, we've got SK Gaming. Plus 105 against Rogue. Minus 133. 
a couple lineups that have had a decent amount of turnover here, but kept some of it together. I talked more about this in that Outrights article, which again is free on Patreon for the time being. Rogue kept a couple old guys, old school names for those of you that have been around for a while, and Freddie122, who's been coaching and an excellent coach, maybe the best best Western coach we've seen over the last few years. He's still in the game, and they also brought N-Rated on to this staff as an assistant coach. Anybody that's been around for a long enough time will know those names and appreciate that they are still hanging around the scene. They're way old school. We're talking like season one, so been around the game for a while. Kind of cool. Anyway, small changes. Uh, Rogue switched out jungle and support. They're using Marcoon and Zoralis now. Not sure how this is going to go. Uh, Marcoon kind of fits the same role that Marong did. Uh, Rogue tend to be a good regular season team. Had probably their worst split as an organization last split, but I'm kind of bullish on them in the regular season moving forward. I like this lineup quite a bit. SK, New Jungle, brought Niski in for mid lane. I think they're probably going to be better. A player like Niski can help a team a lot. A lot of experience, great in-game leader. I would lean SK here, but didn't end up playing anything ultimately. It's just the margins are too thin on this on these prices for this early in the season. So, next up, Fnatic minus one ninety six, Carmine Corp plus one forty three. Two interesting teams. Carmine Corp and Heretics have the biggest market disparities in terms of you know expectation based on preseason markets. And admittedly, esports markets aren't as efficient as major sports. So take from this you know what you will, grain of salt, all that. We're going to talk about Heretics later, but they have a huge, huge disparity in the outrights markets. So Carmine Corp, um, exciting team. A lot of people are, are stoked. I wrote about in the Outrights article. They've revamped this quite a bit. I think this team's going to be feast or famine. They remind me a lot of the Vitality Super Team from last season. A lot of personalities, a lot of egos, also a ton of upside. You know, the thing is... You know, it, it, right now, Fnatic, are in, they, they're the incumbent team. They brought most of their lineup back. I'm very, very optimistic about their lineup. They were the second-best team in Europe. They were a clear cut above the field to me. Uh, and in, like, you know, model ratings and whatnot, they were a clear cut above the... They were, like, in their own tier below G2, but ahead of everybody else last year. So, I think there's a chance the continuity is good enough. Um, I would lean Fnatic here. You can get a better price than the minus 196. I just said uh, Pinnacle's floating a minus 177. I'd look at that or like maybe a minus three and a half or four and a half on the kill spread. I'd go with the incumbent, but again, I didn't play this. So if you're optimistic about Carmine Corp, maybe it's worth a shot. But again, I'm not in the business of speculating on this stuff until, I mean, I'm literally in the business of speculating on this stuff, but I don't like to fly blind. I'd rather go with, you know, getting a little bit and then adjusting. Next up. We've got Giant X, which is the former XL lineup. They've made a couple changes. I wrote more about that. Again, check that article out. I'm not going to go into it here. Minus 109 against Team Vitality, minus 20, uh, 125. Vitality have also made some changes. Just a super volatile bot lane. <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, those of you that have been following me for a while know my thoughts on Karzi and Hillisang. I'm bullish on Hill. I, I think Hillisang is an incredible player, as, even though he does some really weird outside-the-box stuff sometimes. Karzi is just a dirty coin flipper and gets way, way overrated. I, he's good, but he's better than a lot of carries in the league, but he's not as good as I think people tend to rate him in general. Makes a lot of really dumb mistakes. So here's the thing with this one. If you look straight, again, esports markets, not that efficient. So take this with a grain of salt. But if you look at this as 
just like if you just look at the market expectations for these two teams, this is probably just a bet on Vitality. Like most of the most of the market ratings have Giant X as one of the worst teams and Vitality somewhere in the middle of the pack. And you're getting basically even money on Vitality and they're you're not basically you're getting close, you know, just just above even money on this at 55% or so, 56%. So yeah, I don't know. I'm not playing it personally. I'm a little more optimistic on Giant X as a team than the market is. I like the changes they made, but there's a chance that in a couple weeks this looks really, really stupid and like it was a gift that we didn't take. But again, flying blind. I'm not going to really play it. Unless there's a... I mean, this is... We're going to talk about it in the next game as well, but this there's a pretty big disparity in the money line prices compared to the market ratings for these teams just on the outright markets. So... In principle, you should play Vitality here. I'm not going to. I think uh, maybe it'll be a missed opportunity. We'll find out. Next up, we've got Mad Lions, plus 144 against Heretics, minus 204. Similar to the last match, huge disparity in implied market ratings based on the futures market versus the money line price. Also, huge disparity in prices book to book on this. So it's a good spot to take advantage of having multiple outs. Like th this money line, I mean, I'm... I'll just say, like, I played Heretics Moneyline minus 148 at Pinnacle. It's minus 204, minus 190 in a lot of other places. You know, 50 cent different difference like that. I'll, I'll take my chances on just getting a good number. Again, um, some places have Heretics as co-favorites with Fnatic and G2. A lot of people are super bullish on this roster. I mentioned in the Outright article that it's a lot of players. They're, they're kind of bringing back the most of the G2 lineups or a lot of former G2 players. I think there's a good chance <clears throat> that it's a good team and, you know, they get the band back together and it's legit. I am not nearly as bullish on, like, co-favorite level. I also think this team might be a slow burner. Like, they're just good by the end of the season but might not be particularly great early. We'll find out. But, again, like, this is similar to the last match in that it could look really st like a gift in a couple weeks or it could look really, really stupid. This is the only play I made today was Heretics Moneyline minus 148 for one unit. All right, that's the first show in the books. I'm going to be obviously exploring and trying out different things here. I'm going to try to find some intro and outro music. We'll be doing recaps of this, and I'll be recording again tomorrow. Until then, have a good night and good luck.